there was no such a thing like Islam. Deen was something total alien to their lives. A Nabi is most perfect in every respect in his physical being, his appearance, his understanding and reasoning, in his intelligence. He is most perfect. You can't find a man as perfect as a Nabi. And the perfection is not only from the time of Nubuwat. In fact, before Nubuwat, he is the most perfect person in all respects. He is most perfect. But he is not notified <coughs> that you are the Nabi of the time. That comes with the inception of Nubuwat. Before that, the Nabi is not made to know that you are the Nabi of this era, of this zamana, of this time. Though in every respect he is most perfect though in every respect he is most innocent you can't find a soul as innocent as in a masoom sinless intelligence is most perfect understanding of things is like none <coughs> no he's got no second there's nobody that is equal to him. and then <coughs> With the mental maturity, Allah Ta'ala escalates him to the, the spiritual maturity as well. So the Nabi is mature in every respect, physically, mentally. But spirituality is a different thing. So his most, his spirituality is also perfect. But the spiritual perfection comes at the age of 40 normally. When this comes in, the Nabi is a different person altogether. Because as his intelligence is perfect, then he sees life with perfection. He sees life in complete sort of full picture of life. And without that divine inspiration, life is just about eating, drinking, and enjoying. So in that respect, there's no difference between a man and an animal. An animal also eats, drinks, and enjoys. So a Nabi is, has transcended all these levels. He's not just about eating, drinking, and enjoying. He's something totally different. But this spiritual perfection or spiritual total maturity comes at the age of 40. So when it comes at that age, then you need a certain type of a behavior, like... <clears throat> A child, <clears throat> when he's mature, then his behavior and his attitudes will change. Before maturity, his attitudes and behavior is different. And after maturity, his attitudes, person altogether, he understands life. And there's nobody that life, understands life as good as he. So he understands that the creator is Allah Ta'ala. <clears throat> and then we fit into the system of Allah Ta'ala. And he also sees life from this perspective, that every creation is fulfilling its role. Sun is diligently doing its work. The clouds are doing their work. The wind is doing its work. The land is doing its work. It's sprouting with vegetation. The clouds are bursting forth and coming with rain. So the Nabi sees the life differently. And when he sees this, he understands that every creation is doing his work. And I've also got a role. It was my role. And he understands it and he sees that every other creation <clears throat> is only for eating, drinking and enjoying. And mankind has got the ability to rule, to manage and administer affairs. And there's no other creation that's got the ability to rule, manage, and administer affairs. So that brings him to a conclusion that he is then, man is the deputy of Allah Ta'ala, representative of Allah Ta'ala on this world. Allah wants all affairs to be run, and he will appoint a man to do this. Because he's perfect in all respects. And he is the most best candidate to rule the affairs. So then Allah Ta'ala chooses a Nabi. And he sees that this person has got all the qualities, he's perfect in all respects, his values are greatest, then Allah Ta'ala chooses that person to be his representative. Now when Rasulullah reached this age, then he was totally disinclined to the world. The inclination to the world was all finished. Now it's just towards Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala all the time. And because the Nabi, as I mentioned, he's perfect in all respects, even pre nubuwat and he's most honest as well. And because of his honesty, what he sees in the dream pans out to be reality in the day. What he's seen, and that's absolute, absolute reality. You'll see it like broad daylight. The falak is sub. And then with this, now the Nabi feels that there is a different responsibility, there is a different thing. We owe all this to Allah Ta'ala. And when we owe this all, all this to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, then he gets into meditation, thinking about Allah Ta'ala, remembering Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, 
understanding its phases, understanding the greatness, understanding the beauty, the precision and the perfection. So he goes into seclusion. And then different levels of recognition and ma'rifat open up to the Nabi. And when that has settled in him, then you see Jibreel alayhi salam appearing before Rasulullah and instructing Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, recite. So Rasulullah is honest, there's nothing like... You can't, you can't imagine the person speaking a lie or being dishonest, absolute honest. You want to see a, a personification of honesty that you see in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in his discreet moments and his open moments, but absolutely honest and truthful. So he answered the Jibreel Alayhi Salaam, Ma'ana biqarin, I cannot recite. When people talk of recitation, then what's your, what your mind runs towards, they ask you to recite, read, then your mind runs towards this, there's some literature and I need to read of that literature. That's what the mind will go towards. So this is what perhaps went in the mind of Rasulullah and I'm expected to recite something from some literature. So he asked, he says to Jibreel Ma'ana biqarin, I cannot recite, I do not recite. So Jibreel hugged him and he pressed him until Balaga minni al-Jud. Nabi also felt the pain. He hugged him so with such force the Nabi also felt the pain. He released him and asked him to recite again. And the same reply was given for the second time until Jibreel hugged him for the third time and said, Iqra' bismi rabbikal ladhi khalaq. Now the question was that, what was the need for Jibreel to hug Rasulullah in this manner? Ulama have given different explanations. But one of the accepted explanations is this, that Rasulullah had to now relate to revelation, to divine revelation. Up to this moment, he had no access to, direct access to divine revelation. Whatever was shown, perhaps through a dream or some other way, but there was no access to direct revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now he has to relate to revelations coming from the heavens. So this hug was given to Nabi Wasallam to create capacity, ability. Now this is a great thing. Inna sanuqi alayka qawlan saqila. Allah himself says, it's something very weighty. It's a great weight that we're going to pour over you. Inna sanuqi alayka qawlan saqila. So hugging him, was to create the capacity and also to create the understanding that now you are not a normal person, you are a Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that capacity was to be born in him. Number two, to make him realize also that he is the Nabi of Allah ta'ala from this point onwards. Right. Now, when this had happened to Nabi Sallallahu Nabi Sallam was in a state of fear, overwhelmed, because his Nubuat was not like the Nubuat of any other Nabi. Every other Nabi came for a certain time, certain race, certain person. But Rasulullah's Nubuat had to transcend time, person, people, and transcend everything. And not just transcend, but it had to last right till the day of Qiyamah. So now, such a great responsibility is placed upon the shoulders of Rasulullah Wasallam. And now, is one isolatory person, just one, one solitary person. And he has to take this this entire thing on himself. We ask you, if you are made the council of Swingo, right, you need 20 people on your side just to carry out this task. Here is the man who has been burdened with, with the burden of mankind right to the day of Qiyamah and for all men, east, west, north, south, everywhere. And he is burdened with this responsibility. And imagine now what must have been the weight of this responsibility that is placed upon Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So he comes home and he explains to his Khadija Radiyallahu that I've been burdened like this, I'm afraid of my life. So the consoling words of her Khadija radiallahu are that Never will Allah allow you to fail. You can never be a failure. This is the first words given to her Khadija because nobody knows a person as well as his wife. 
The wife knows all your quiet moments, your weaknesses, your strong points, your good points. She understands everything. When she gives, when she gives a report and she gives an account of the husband, then that account can be most accurate. Never will you fail. You can't fail. And then she supports the claim. He says <coughs> that you are a person, kal. see a person who got a burden, then you relieve him of his burden. Sometimes it's a debt. Sometimes he needs to go and negotiate something with someone on behalf of someone. But he's there for any type of social welfare, any type of kindness. And he's the first person that is there to rescue the person. Someone is struck with some sickness, illness, misfortune. Then he's there at his rescue. There's a stranger coming to Mukarraba. Then Rasulullah is offering the khidmat, entertaining the person, showing the hospitality. So a person like you can never fail. In other words, if a person is good at heart and he's showing kindness at every level, right? and especially to those that need the kindness, and the hour of kindness, and such a person is never a failure in life. He's got no other agenda. He's just for the sake of Allah Ta'ala that he's showing this level of kindness. La Allah Abada. Nonetheless, there was an intermission, there was an interval, there was no wahi coming thereafter. And thereafter, after a short period, then came the verses, Ya Iwal Muddathir, Qum Fa'andir. So this, Iqra'a Bismi Rabbikal Ladi Khalaq, Khalaqal Insana Min Alaq. So the first verse thereafter was, first verse is, Iqra'a Bismi Rabbikal Ladi Khalaq. So, Allah Ta'ala is implying to Rasulullah Pak yes, you will not be able to recite of your own, but recite in the name of your Rabb. Your Rabb will make it happen. What seems to be impossible for you, is not impossible, it's not too significant for your Rasul, he'll do it. It is to just say kun and it's done. It's just one command and it's done. So your eyes and your sight from now onwards must be on the Qudrat, the power, the might, the glory of Allah Ta'ala. Iqra'a bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. You're reciting the Qur'an. Then this is how you will commence after awzu. Then Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. By the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we commence the recitation. Khalaqal insana min alaq. Then the first verse thereafter was, Khalaqal insana min alaq. You want to understand and recognize the glory, the extent of his greatness, the extent of his power. Look at it. Khalaqal insana min alaq. What you've been born of? It was just a clot. Then this clot here, how Allah ta'ala has fashioned it, how he's designed it. perfection, precision, aesthetics, Beauty, attraction, but just from a blood clot. Is it, is it something that your mind can conceive? Is beyond your, your perception, beyond your understanding. But just a small little blot, clot of blood. And that clot of blood, and what Allah has done in that, made such a perfect person that can, that can run the affairs of this world. So do you understand the greatness, the glory, the beauty of Allah Ta'ala? Khalaqal insana min ala. And then Allah Ta'ala, introduces Rasulullah Sallallahu to Ma'rifat and to the recognition of Allah Ta'ala that when there is a creation, Khalaqal Insana Min Alaq, right, that man has been created. Right? So when there's a creation, obviously there'll be a creator. You can't uh, see a creation and say there's no creator. Small little things, when we see a footprint, we say someone walked past here. Don't we say that? We see uh, some waste, we say an animal has passed here. Don't we say that? So exactly the same, when you see, you see a man, then our mind takes tells us that they is the creator. So perfection, such perfection, such greatness, such glory, in this one little creation, and so much you see, like as though an entire world contained one person. A small understanding. Our minds also cannot fathom, cannot perceive the greatness of his glory. Even within the creation we can't understand. It's beyond our understanding. Just look at the eye. Right? For the protection of the eye, Allah has made the bone of the forehead and the bone of the jaw. Right? So if a man has to fall on his face, then the impact is not on the eye, it's either on the forehead 
or the jawbone, or the eye is safe, because the, deli- the, the function of it is so great, and it's so delicate, it needs all the protection. So the protective cover is the bone above, and the bone below. Right? And not only that, there will be something that can blur the vision. So in order to clear the vision, he has create, created eyebrows. Right? Right? And then there's about three, four hair in the body, human body. We don't see the kudrat of Allah Ta'ala manifest, right? and we don't think about it. And this is what Allah invites us, by well, look, at, look at my greatness, my glory. These three here, all of them have got one common feature, all three here are oily. One is this hair, that's the eyebrow, one is the hair in the nose, and the third is the hair of the, hair of the ear. All are oily, that if any foreign object gets in, then it's shut straight away. It's oily, so it traps it. So the eyes, the vision is not blurred, the ear, nothing foreign and alien enters, and similar, the nose, nothing that is foreign, that the earth, that the nose is not conducive with, it won't enter. But do you see the glory, the kudrat of Allah Ta'ala? See the perfection and then it says, Subhanallah, MashaAllah, La quwwata illa billah. This is our weakness. We don't look at the glory of Allah Ta'ala. Yes, we know what's going up, going in India, what's technology and this and that. But it's all small, minuscule reflections of the greatness and the wisdom of Allah. Nothing. What is it? Compared to the glory and the greatness of His creation, there's nothing, absolutely nothing. What is it? It's just a play. What we're supposed to be pondering about, reflecting about, we don't, unfortunately. This is where our mind is supposed to be understanding the greatness, the glory, the beauty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we build up a bond, a bond of love, a bond of understanding, a bond of loyalty, a bond of honesty with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the whole purpose of creation, to create the bond with your creator of love, of loyalty, of honesty. Allah grant us also. الحمد لله علي الذات عظيم الصفات سمي السمات كبير الشان جليل القدر رفيع الذكر مطاع الأمر جلي البرهان فخيم الاسم غزير العلم وسيع الحلم كثير الغفران جميل الثناء جزيل العطاء مجيب الدعاء عميم الإحسان سريع الحساب شديد العقاب أليم العذاب عزيز السلطان ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له في الخلق والأمر ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله المبعوث إلى الأسود والأحمر المنعوت بشرح الصدر ورفع الذكر وصلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه الذين هم خلاصة العرب العرباء وخير الخلائق بعد الأنبياء أما بعد فيا أيها الناس واحد الله فإن التوحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن التقوى ملاك الحسنات وعليكم بالسنة 
فإن السنة تهدي إلى الإطاعة ومن أطاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى وإياكم والبدعة فإن البدعة تهدي إلى المعصية ومن يعص الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغوى وعليكم بالصدق فإن الصدق ينجي والكذب يهلك وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين ولا تقنطوا من رحمة الله فإنه أرحم الراحمين ولا تحب الدنيا فتكونوا من الخاسرين ألا وإن نفسا لن تموت حتى تستكمل رزقها فاتقوا الله وأجملوا في الطلب وتوكلوا عليه فإن الله يحب المتوكلين وادعوه فإن ربكم مجيب الداعين واستغفروه يمددكم بأموال وبنين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وقال ربكم ادعوني أستجب لكم إن الذين يستكبرون عن عبادتي سيدخلون جهنم داخلين بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بالآيات والذكر الحكيم أستغفر الله لي ولكم ونسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصهما فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأصدقهم حياء عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه وأقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى عنه وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنهما وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله رضي الله تعالى عنه اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا رضي الله تعالى عنهم وعن كل الصحابة أجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين اللهم انصر من نصر دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم واجعلنا منهم واخذل من خذل دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا تجعلنا معهم عباد الله رحمكم الله 
إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغض يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وادعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله تعالى أعلى وأولى وأعز وأجل وأهم وأتم وأكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن نفعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصلى النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغوم عليهم ولا الضالين هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يومئذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة 
تصلى نارا حامية تسقى من عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من ضريع لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع وجوه يومئذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جارية فيها سرر مرفوعة وأكواب موضوعة ونمارق مصفوفة وزرابي مبثوثة أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبل كيف خلقت وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت وإلى الأرض كيف سطحت فذكر إنما أنت مذكر لست عليهم بمسيطر إلا من تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم صل